Hey guys, Dustin Wynn, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the DC Batman podcast with no limits. And we're coming at you with a new episode of The Stack. Uh, new books coming out for DC Comics. Let's see, what's the what's the, what's the Wednesday? Yeah, uh, the, the, 28th? the 30th. The 30th, June 30th. Um, let's go around the round table. We got uh, Robin D. Cross from Canada. Red leather, yellow leather. We got uh, the Bat Force Times over from New York. Little Tay is only nine years old, more than your rent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got LPC coming out of Dirty Jersey. Yo. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> I'm Bat Force Tom over from uh, Southern California. And uh, big old stack of nice, fresh comic books that we're going to go over tonight. Um, it's a good uh, giant week for a uh, couple of weeks for event books. But the most prominent couple uh, this week that came out were doomsday clock this is the first one that's come out since after they went to two uh once every two months right uh yeah maybe i think this is the first time i remember wait feeling that the wait was that long but boy oh boy was it worth it we talk about this book every now and then when it comes out and uh seems to pick up steam more and more with every issue but this one was a big old jam-packed issue with some nice little uh Niblets, uh, chicken nib- balls, little chicken balls, little uh, little uh, sneak peeks, uh, uh, little shout outs to some characters that we haven't seen in a while significantly. Jeff Johns loves the the kind of blanket of the DC universe, so he always peppers in something good, and it's really cool to see that um, in the uh, pages of Doomsday Clock. He's also kind of picking up a little bit of where he left off with ob- obviously this whole book is picking up where Rebirth left off, um, but there's also little things in the Rebirth book that were kind of mentioned and hinted at that are coming around which is cool so but the big thing is um anyone want to summarize the last couple issues and how this one starts off Ooh, okay uh right from the right from the beginning uh i mean just the big just the big old uh probably just the osmond Dias stuff the comedian stuff the lex stuff the batman stuff let's All see right, i mean we could go we can go character uh, by character so well the uh the main plot point really was uh, we were seeing the the fallout of of Adrian's plan from the original Watchmen story uh, to to end the Cold War, and you know, seeing the fallout of that, whether it failed, whether it succeeded or failed, and we find out that it ultimately failed. And uh, also, Adrian is dying, so now he's trying to find Manhattan. Yeah. So. Uh, he takes uh, Rorschach number two, as he's being referred to, and travels to 
the other Earth, like, travels to the main DC Earth, uh, tracking uh, Manhattan there. Right. And they ultimately come up on, as uh, is, is who they're initially looking for is Lex Luthor. I think he's looking for the smartest person from that universe. Yeah, uh, yeah. When uh, when they get there, he and Rorschach split up, and because uh, they want to, they're trying to track down the two smartest people in that uh, in that world, mm. being Lex Luthor and Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So Adrian goes goes to find Lex, and Rorschach too goes to Wayne Manor. That's right. Yeah. And then uh, during that, there's also um, Mime and Marionette are also involved with Rorschach, who brings them over to help, basically, uh, with the with the intention of giving them their son back if they fulfill, you know, their end of the of the bargain of helping them out. So, and Mime and Marionette were uh, new characters that were introduced uh, in Doomsday Clock. Yeah. What's what was a cool reveal earlier is that once they get to uh, Lex. Um, Osmond Dias is pretty much kind of talking about why they're there, and out of nowhere comes the comedian, um, yeah. or we think is the comedian, he looks like him, he sounds like him, he talks like him, and he immediately starts going after uh, Osmond Dias, and Lex gets ca- uh, caught in the crossfire, right? That was in the previous issue, yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's kind of where this issue picks up a little bit with... Um, Osmond dies being in the hospital, waking up. He's being guarded by some cops, and uh, he's trying to get out of that situation. Uh, in the meantime, Batman has tried to put um, R- Rorschach 2 in Arkham Asylum uh, successfully, but then there's a breakout of Arkham Asylum. Um, everyone's riding in the streets because uh, they're protesting the existence of Batman, believing that Batman does nothing but... Uh, bring chaos to the streets and attracts, you know, these villains. And uh, on top of that, too, there's this, uh, they keep mentioning the Superman theory or the Superman, um, yeah, the Superman theory, I think it's what it's called. And so I don't know if you guys read in the back, the back issues after this issue, but it flushes it out. It mentions it in the issue, but essentially what's going on is there's this theory that states that people have been, people have been coming forward, metahumans have been coming forward. Uh, admitting that uh, they were they were not uh, they don't become metahumans on accident. They were actually created by the government um, to be used for political purposes, for you know governmental purposes, and then to act as if you know there there is no government agenda and they're just superheroes or villains or whatever. Um, but what it basically states is that metahumans are are created and they are given a storyline and they are given either. Um, you know, uh, a rogue or they're assigned sidekicks and they carry out that storyline while being picked off every once in a while to be sent on these missions and then kind of plucked back in to fulfill their storyline. So it's like this big, huge conspiracy theory and there's people on uh, uh, opposite ends of the of the argument because um, there's people who are denying it, kind of like uh, Firestorm and they're interviewing Firestorm and Firestorm's completely denying that he's a metahuman created by the government um, it's pretty awesome because you see him start to argue with, with himself, the split personality living within the same body, saying, no, no, I'm not going to say that or whatever. Um, but then there's also other metahumans that have come forward who are admitting to the fact that they were part of um, this experiment. I think Metamorpho is one of them. 
uh, and it talks about a couple others. In the, in the back issue, this is the first time, like, in the back issues where I wasn't too confused. And I'm actually reading it, like, oh, okay, this is really awesome. It's like, look at all these actual DC characters that they're... There was Haw- uh, Hawk and Dove earned this one. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? Johnny Thunder is in it. And then they kind of allude to the Legion of Superheroes again when... Uh, it looks like Rorschach is bre- breaking into a thrift store to go and get uh, a suit or a coat that had a hidden list in it, including the ring. Um, so uh, just a lot of really cool little um, Easter eggs of the DC Universe kind of shining through in this issue. What else was there? Uh, Johnny Thunder breaks out of his retirement home, and he's being chased by these thugs. Um, and he's essentially looking for what he thinks... I don't. I mean, I, I can't understand if it's him uh, being... Uh, senile and old or he really thinks that one is the other but he's looking for his genie lamp um which which allows him to have his power i guess and then he's he goes to what's the building did i couldn't make out what building that was oh it does uh, it's it's where he says he's trying to go to when he's at the uh the train station let me get back to it there (laughs) so he's mentioning how he yeah yeah, he's uh, he's going to the all the all American Steel Factory. That's in right. Okay, and that's uh, I think that's a nod to uh, All American Comics, which is where I think I don't know if it was him that first appeared in in those comics or if it was I think it was him and not the Legion. I can't remember. But then he goes into the All American Steel and he goes into like he breaks into it and he's running into it and he's being chased by these thugs who are trying to um um they're trying to beat him up and mug him. And then he finds fucking the Green Lantern lantern, and he, you know, he picks it up, and uh, um, that's when he's saved by uh, Rorschach. And who's who's with Rorschach? The uh, the telepath. Oh, the chick. Yeah, I forget who her, I forget who her character is, but uh, yeah. it's, he fucking finds Green Lantern lantern. It go didn't they say somewhere in the book that a uh, a green fire was creating these metahumans? Did I read that wrong? Probably, Somewhere. yeah. I mean, wh- so they're referring to because so I, th- I thought I thought it meant the a specter or the lantern or something. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. So I was thinking it was one of those two because it's talking about yeah. like the green spirit or the green, the green. It was like green spirit, green essence, green machine, or something like that. And I thought the same thing, specter. Um, yeah. And so it might mean that maybe like either uh, the guardians, a guardian, or the specter are being somehow fucking held by the American government. And are mm. being like used to manipulate and create metahumans, which is still kind of to be seen. So all we're getting this issue is just this flushed out theory, and the theory states that the government is doing this, but we still haven't learned if they are doing it, how they're doing it. Um, Black Adam is in this issue, where um, dude, that was crazy. That, that was, was so awesome. Yeah. That was so Ooh. awesome. And uh, the the reporter that was about to be executed that that black adam saved was jack Ryder. oh that's right a lot of little also and we we haven't seen him i don't think we've even seen him since new 52 even started but jack Ryder was also the creeper Uh, yeah holy dude see that's that that's uh what's his name that's john jeff johns Johns loves going back to things that are like yeah things that are forgotten well he's he's still sprinkling uh nathaniel dusk through each issue and Nathaniel Dusk is an old uh, DC character from like 
84. The private investigator. Yeah. Yeah. What's his What's his deal again? I just remember he was a private eye. Uh, he's a cop, right? Or he yeah, was he a was, cop. He was he was a World War One veteran and uh, was a, a private investigator after coming back home from that. Okay, I I remember him because he was in um no John's didn't write that. I thought I was gonna say uh, Final Crisis, but I don't think I don't know if that was him in Final Crisis that uh, uncovers the kitty ring, the kitty porn ring. But um, awesome little. Like Easter egg, and this was so huge. Like this issue, I felt like was just blown. Oh damn, we didn't even get into huge. Fucking, oh, we didn't even get. Yeah, into we didn't get to the the biggest the massive one. ones yet. There, this issue is really the the first one where we get into all of those interactions that people have been waiting for. Yeah. So this is issue number four. How many issues are there going to be total? I think uh, it's uh, twelve issues. Twelve. Oh my god. Twelve. Massive. Um. So then, Mime and Marionette, they break off at some point away from um, Rorschach Part 2, and they're... I, I, I forget, you know, because it's been so long, I forget what happened in the last issue, but they, they're looking for... Um, how the hell did they come up on this? Are they looking for the guy, or the guy finds them? Well, when, when they first... Uh, they came to this... to the DC Earth with uh, Adrian and Rorschach 2, and they left them handcuffed in Night Owl's uh, ship and they escaped and said well let's you know let's go have some fun mm. and they stumbled into a bar and they were told by like it, it turned out to be a, a one of joker's places and all of joker's thugs that were in there told them that well you can't be in here That's right. wearing makeup like that yeah. so it ended up being a fight so mime and marionette cleaned house on all these guys That's right and then they're pissed off that these guys tried to take them out in the name of Joker. So they start trying to track down Joker. Yeah, and that's that's so what, they yeah. find some more thugs here and just take those guys apart and it's are just looking for information on where to find Joker. Super cinematic kind of look where the the uh, the the audience is brought first to so the image of a fucking chopped off hand at the forearm yeah. with a. Uh, with a jester tattoo on the forearm. So you kind of already know. You're like, oh shit, what is this? And they show Mime and Marionette. And then it pans out. And it says, you guys have caused a lot of problems for me tonight. And it's the fucking Joker. Huge. <laughs> well, you, you jumped forward. Like, uh, what's his name? Was riding around in that, uh, what do you call the, their vehicle? Batman was in that vehicle riding around over the protesters and whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah Night Owl's. Uh, yeah, Night Owl's ship, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty. That was really cool because I think about, like, the comic and the movie, and then you see Batman in it, and it's like, that's that's pretty cool. You know, everybody uh, protesting Batman, calling for Batman to quit or come in and whatnot. And, uh, yeah. yeah. It also mentions, a, uh, and they're having a conversation, too. Um, Doctor, I'm sorry, Osmondias and Batman are having a conversation about why or the fact that he's looking for dr manhattan and why he thinks he came to this earth he's like do you think he came to watch you know to watch you guys and see what you were doing or do you think he came to try to fit in um mm. so it's interesting because it's like we still don't know why dr manhattan came to this universe what he specifically has done although it is alluded that he was partially to blame for the new 52 and also um you know the the stories that came out of there 
And this is, is this the first time that we're actually seeing Superman? Well, I mean, we didn't see Superman. We saw Clark Kent inter- interacting with, um, with Lois and all that. Yeah, in uh, in issue one, we got a glimpse of Clark at home. Yeah, at the very mm, end. Yeah, I think was uh, was all that we had uh, got of him previously. Yeah, that was cool to see. Is uh, Clark and uh, Lois? Um, man, this issue was nuts, dude. Like, if yeah. you guys, I... go ahead. No, I was hoping. I was kind of hoping to see Harley too with Joker because of Marionette. Like, I you feel know? like that would be kind of a cool uh, fight or standoff or whatever. It might be coming. But... You never know. Maybe, I mean, yeah. Jeff Jeff Johns is a uh, he he yo know, he's the king of slow burns. Sometimes, yeah. man, he he knows how to do it right. So you know who knows. I'm wondering yeah. if uh, I I was not expecting to see the Joker in this story. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting to see all the characters he tossed in in this issue, let alone the Joker. Yeah. So that was a nice, cool reveal. It's interesting. One of three Jokers. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like so. I mean. He still has that story that he promised us, so I'm like, you think he's gonna mention that at all? Possibly. He like he knows how to tie things in pretty well. Um, it's such. I mean, it's. Well, what issue is this again? Four. This is four. Yeah. Out of twelve. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. Dude. Yeah. Just uh. Yeah. He's he's cooking something big here. Just because I was thinking, look at look at back to his Green Lantern space opera. That must have taken. It took forever. <laughs> you know, like. So, but you see the outcome, you see the payoff of all of that. So with this, and this is a really smart book, I, um, I, I man, I, this is going to be, a, I think this is destined uh, I, for something great. Man. I, I wanted to go back to the uh, All-American Steel Mill where uh, Johnny Thunder was going. So uh, the name of it is from All-American Comics. That was uh, like the original uh publisher that uh introduced characters like solomon grundy's first appearance was in all american comics uh wonder woman uh the adam who inspired uh dr manhattan uh dr midnight uh, johnny thunder himself uh originated there mr terrific yeah uh yeah wildcat as well so yeah there, there are a lot of characters that uh, originated from from all-star comics damn Oh shit balls, man! Carrick. Good uh, shit, man. Yeah. So the basically the the end of the issue is uh, so Adrian and Batman were were on the ship uh, fleeing the police. Well, when when Adrian got back to the ship, he found Batman there waiting for him. He had uh, broken into it, and the police show up, uh, roll up on them to try to take Adrian back because he had broken out and stole the. Uh, he stole a police uniform from the guards that were that were guarding him and escaped that way in a stolen vehicle. So the police followed him and they surrounded the the ship once he got in it. So they just took off, but then they got helicopters on them. So they were being pursued, and Adrian was about to. Uh, he was using the flamethrower. He was going to kill all the cops that were that were tailing them. So a little fight ensues where Batman's stopping them, and. They, they nearly crashed. They, they hit a couple buildings, and it ends with uh, Adrian dumping Batman out of the ship. And yeah. he ends up landing on the ground and getting beaten to a pulp by the crowd. Damn. Yeah. And yeah, the boy. last thing we see is when Joker's up on the roof with Mime and Marionette. Uh, some of Joker's guys show up on the roof, and they dump Batman in a bloody heap. 
Awesome. In front of Joker. Awesome. And then you have Rorschach holding a fucking green lantern. Yep. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, what more do you want? <laughs> you know. It's pretty crazy. I mean, Jeff Johns is the only one that can pull out this kind of crazy, and still keep me intrigued. Yeah. And I, I feel like with Johnny having tracked down this this lantern, I don't think we're seeing. Uh, Hal Jordan or John Stewart or Kyle Rayner or Guy Gardner, I think this is Alan Scott Green Lantern we're going to get. Um, yeah. Would make sense with the time. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, I'm excited for the next few issues. I was like, uh, you know, like everybody else, I was kind of like, man, like, I don't know, two, once every two months is going to be hard to keep up with. But yeah. um, I, I, I wish this was uh, a weekly, like, no justice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, was that a segue? Oh, segway. Nice segue. <laughs> well, like, like a professional podcast. Nice. Yeah, let's, let's do it like Kevin Smith. So, so tell us what happened with No Justice this week on issue four. <laughs> Man, so I was saying it to you guys earlier, but um, I got to talk to we got to talk to Snyder about this. He's really, you know, he's 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 really starting to get on my nerves with how uh, he makes me. <laughs> enjoy a book like i like it to start and then i end up loving it like three or four issues in and it at least with with metal like i kind of liked it and really loved it and then the uh tie-ins made it even better but this book like i ended up fucking loving it on issue four and it's over so um it's funny how scott was saying how issue three was like the big high stakes and all this stuff was happening which is true like a big thing happens in issue three yeah but I really like how he brought everything together. I mean, I can't just say Scott. It's also Josh uh, Williamson and uh, uh, Tynion. Um, I really like how they brought everything together at the end of this issue. Um, it felt really well done as far as everything that had happened and how they kind of packaged it up. I think because it's still bleeding out into the pages of three different stories going forward, uh, it didn't feel like they had to rush so much, so it maybe felt a little better paced. But um, long story long, the Omega Titans have cracked through the source wall and are starting to eat up, uh, going after the trees. Um, they destroy Kalu. Kalu, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah, Kalu. They, they failed to, uh, to uh, achieve the original mission of, of saving Kalu. Yeah, the Justice And League. it just got blown to pieces. But they did buy enough time that... All of the uh, all of the people living on Kalu got out, and they got all the planets that were bottled there, and got them out into space. Yeah, so they so saved, they saved people. the people, but now there's just a planet full of refugees. Right. Yeah. Um, they pissed off uh, Brainiac's baby, baby Brainiac's all mad now, and uh, they figure out that what they need to do, rather than just try to simply balance out the energy coming from the trees is that they have to like supercharge uh, the tree so that it creates a new seed. And then with that seed, uh, they can attract the hunger of the Omega Titans to eat. But what it'll have is the energy of all the different members of the Justice League combined into one seed. So when they throw it at the Omega Titan, it'll pretty much kill one and then have the other ones kind of cannibalize the other one. So um, Yeah, because it has all of the energies that... Uh... They will all absorb. Yeah, the synergy. Um, 
if anything, this story made me really excited for the three books that are going to spin off uh, because it kind of like set into motion kind of different different uh, relationships and interactions showed you why these other books are going to come. Um, mm-hmm. In the in the couple issues, in, in every week of No Justice, it had been alluding to Damien being pissed off at Batman because, you know, Brainiac comes with this plan. He tells him, all right, you know, my planet's going to be destroyed. Then Earth is next. This is the plan that you have to follow in order to save it. And then Damien's like, this is bad. Like, no, why are you going to listen to Brainiac? You know, this is wrong. Um, and then Brainiac obviously is the one who tells him that you have to use the teams that I've assembled. Damien sees that uh, Sinestro is a member. He sees Lex Luthor is another member. So Damien's all about like, what? don't you guys see that we're working with fucking bad guys? I want no part of this. Batman, we shouldn't do this. And Batman keeps shutting them down, which pisses him off more and more. Throughout the course of the issue, uh, Batman mentions to... Uh, who is he talking to? Um... Man, I want to say it's Green Arrow. I can't remember who he's talking to, but they're basically saying, like, um, he's explaining, like, after after this happened, I, Robin realized he needs to go his own path. And so that's why he's not at my side anymore. And it's like, oh, shit. And then uh, somebody, I forget who, it says, well, what about Nightwing? It's like, no, Nightwing's off doing his thing. He's got his thing going on. Um, you know, so does this other person. So that's why I've called upon someone new. And it's fucking, what's his name? Black Lightning. Um, yeah. which kind of explains and, a little bit why he's going to be in Detective Comics, it sounds like. Exactly. And uh, I like that uh, another thing Scott did in this issue, well, Scott and Friends. Josh yeah. and James, uh, they established uh, Martian Manhunter as the head of the Justice League. Yeah, that's right. At the end, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, Batman brings in a, uh, a call to uh, um, basically vote that in. And uh, that makes me want to read Justice League after that. Um, they also kind of talk about Diana and Zatanna leading uh, Justice League Dark. Um, they mention... Because uh, it's ju- it's Justice League... What is it? Justice League, Justice League Dark, and then... And Justice League Odyssey. Justice League Odyssey, that's right. Okay. And also uh, the Titans, the Teen Titans book is going to be uh, a, a new Titans uh, led by Damien. Okay, so that explains that book then. So it's cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool that it's setting it all up. Um, I, I love this issue. Like, the, the art worked perfectly. I love the way um, they kind of made everyone kind of... Are they using Brainiac's ship? Yeah, that was what they uh, escaped Kalu on, but it was damaged. So yeah. uh, I think they... I think Cyborg used his mother box... To uh, to get them back to Earth, yeah, yeah, very cool. Um, it looked awesome. I like the scenes where they kind of show every character kind of like split, uh, you know, um, fanned out. Um, it seemed like an old school team book, like it seemed like an old school event book. It, but not cheesy, you know. Yeah, if that makes exactly. Any sense. It had that. It had that big feel of like things like. Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths yeah. and those kinds of stories. What it reminded me of a lot is, um, what was it? Was it the first Secret War? When does when is one of the times that Spider Man gets his black suit? It was one of the it was Secret uh, Wars Part One, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a part like in the opening of Secret Wars where I remember it's it's like a whole fanned out panel of like every character that's in the event, 
and it's all explaining while they're all why they're all there and it's like so you get to see every character there and it's like where are we what planet is this why are we here and it really reminded me of that in this issue like near the end when they're all explaining like the aftermath and what happened and you see all the characters there and i was like damn this feels like fucking secret wars except reverse because that was the beginning and this is the end but um yeah i i mean like most of the time event books are hard sometimes it's like especially if it's like a four issue weekly like it's hard to get into it it's hard to enjoy it but i thought this was sick so yeah i, I enjoyed it a lot uh yeah, the everything down to the omega titans i i liked the way they looked and the story for them yeah and so, i like that this whole thing came like that the justice league is to blame for all of that like at the heart of it batman's to blame for everything yeah they mentioned that too he opened up you know he he was the the source of the dark multiverse uh invading and that set into motion everything uh you know to to stop the dark multiverse they broke the source wall so this is this is all their fault that all this happened so kalu was destroyed yeah because of the justice league it also shows that Amanda Waller had uh, all the information to begin with. And uh, she had, like, so all the info they needed to download that was from Brainiac, she had it, and she was keeping it secret. And so Green Arrow basically takes it from her or convinces her to give it over. And that's why um, the way that Green Arrow was, like, the only one on Earth to stand up to Amanda Waller, um, John Martian Manhunter then gives him the box of uh what do you call it um like the backup plans for every member the contingency plans for every member of the justice league green arrow has that now yeah so green arrow has the power and the ability to fucking take out every justice league member if needed like in the future at any point so that that's a huge thing so green arrow is part of the justice league now or is he his own kind of thing because i saw uh, yeah i i don't think he's part of the justice league i think they're giving him the power to stop the Justice League if needed. If need be, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I love the way they do it too. Where he's like, he says, the "League is changing. If we step too far, we need someone honorable who can stop us. Keep the box safe. It's perhaps the most dangerous thing on the planet. It is the key to destroying the Justice League. Should the need arise." And then he dis- he disappears, and Green Arrow just says, "Well, fuck." <laughs> it's like, it's- <laughs> yeah, he, he literally does. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's good shit. Um, it's also badass. Is who has uh, who has the Brainiac ship? Is that also yeah? It's Martian Manhunter, isn't it? Or is it Flash? Where are they holding it? I think it's the sorry, observation deck. No, they're they're calling it the observation deck, which is we have a new we have to build a new foundation. Man, where is it? Man, already on display. Now they're not exactly explaining where they're at, but Flash is there. Um, Martian Manhunter's there. Superman's there, and they've got Brainiac's ship, like, on display, which is badass. Uh, but there's also a big, like, it looks like a big, like, um, hangar. That it's like an underground hangar with, like, doors that are open. Um, I don't know, but, yeah, so they basically have Brainiac's ship, which is badass. That makes me want to read Green Arrow. I'll tell you that much right now. Yeah, uh, anybody that uh, doesn't typically read Green Arrow, if you read No Justice, the Green Arrow annual issue that comes out uh, today is a direct tie-in to No Justice. So you read that, right? Uh, it, uh, I, I haven't gotten through all of it yet. I, I got through maybe half of it, but uh, it spans the time from right before No Justice 
like when the invasion is happening to going all the way through the events of no justice. So you see uh, Ollie when Brainiac is arriving on earth, uh, picking off the, the heroes he wants. Yeah. Uh, You see him with Waller during no justice. And then you see him with Manhunter at the end of no justice. So it, it spans the entire story. Nice. So great issue. Um, great way to set up all the books that are coming out. It's great. It's great. Really huge. great. You love it. Huge. Huge. Very good. Really um, good. What other stuffs were available this week? Dude, uh, the um, Batman Prelude to the Wedding, Robin vs. Raj Al Ghul. You read that? Yeah. Yeah, that was excellent, Let's man. talk about yeah, it. it. Surprisingly good. Uh, written by Tim Seeley. Is Tim Seeley. Is this the one? There's four of these that are coming, correct? Uh, four uh, or five, one of the two. So I think more than fights on the the invitation. Are these coming out before the the next issue of Batman? Then, so we're getting. Uh, I, I don't, don't, I, I don't have the, the invitation on the me, next uh, issue. Wait. Hold on, hold, isn't it one a week right until the new Batman? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was me. That was me. I had some Giordano's earlier. I'm sorry. But while Batcrap <laughs> goes over and gets his invitation at a wedding. So, you got the checklist here. It's DC Nation number zero. Uh, Prelude to the Wedding, Robin vs. Ra's al Ghul. Or Ra's al Ghul. Batman 48, June 6th. Uh, none of Prelude to the Wedding, Nightwing vs. Hush, June 6th as well. June 13th is uh, the Prelude, the Batgirl vs. the Riddler. June 20th, Prelude, my man Red Hood vs. Anarchy. Booka, booka! Dang, gonna be a lot of guns <laughs> in that one, boy. Oh, shit. Batman 49 on June 29th. Uh, June 27th, Prelude, Harley Quinn vs. the Joker. You know, that, that one's going to be a big seller. July 4th, The Wedding, Batman number 50. So really, all these Preludes are in June, these verses. And then The Wedding's on July 4th. You know, it's interesting. The Wedding's on July 4th, Batman number 50. But on July 4th as well is when Catwoman number 1 starts. So that's yep. going to be really interesting. Please respond to Alfred Pennyworth by June 1st, 2018. Yo, did you get one of these wedding invitations? These promotional cards that they were giving out, they're really cool, man. Yep, yeah, yeah, they're really nice. There were, uh, I think there was a, it might have been a different version that they were given out at C2E2 yeah. at the the DC booth. That uh, I know Trunkler got one. Uh, he went back to hey. try to get me one, but they were already gone. Yeah, hey, you got any more of them invitations there. They'll give you a deep dish. Uh, sh- big sh- shout out to Teases for grabbing like 50 of these. He wasn't playing. He wanted to make sure he was going to that <laughs> wedding. <you know? laughs> He's like, Jesus. Uh, but, um, yeah, the, these look like a lot of fun. I guess they're going to make up a trade as well, aren't they? These look like they're going to make up a trade. So, you know, that's, uh, that's what's going on. This one was interesting because um, so this first Robin vs. Ra's al Ghul, it's, at the beginning it's um, Catwoman and Damian Wayne are shopping. Damien's getting fitted in this robe for the wedding, I guess. Um, yeah. I, I guess that's the custom, uh, like, apparel from where he's, you know, where his mother's from or whatever. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, and uh, this is really r- well-written. This is a good book. Um, there was a couple of moments in it where I was like, oh, shit. And the, the, the gist of it is, the, to some, you know, it's... They're kind of implying how Damien and Catwoman are now part of, like, the Bat-slash-Wayne family or whatever you want to call it. They're they're the only ones that aren't really goody-two-shoes or whatever, you know what I mean? So uh, that's what they're kind of trying to establish in this book. And um, 
Damien. Uh, at one point, he asks, and early in the book, he asks Selena, "Oh, am I am I am I going to call you mom soon?" And she like looks over. I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like, <laughs> she didn't see that one coming. I thought that was really interesting. I keep sometimes I forget how young Damien is. You know, yeah. like sometimes but he he, he wasn't like, suggesting that he's. He didn't suggest that he's going to call her mom, though. Like, he's he's being dismissive of her and uh, right. been pr- pretty disrespectful. Uh, he's, the, his exact line was, I suppose you'll want me to call you mother. Yeah. And then she looks at him like, what? But because uh, he was going he was going through his past about his mother and uh, Raz al Ghul and how he was... Um, What's the like? You know, pretty much created in a laboratory, yeah, and he, he's tra- yeah. He gives gives all of his credentials. You know how he was yeah, oh, like, created in a test tube and trained to be the world's deadliest assassin. And yeah, I I love how they uh, made T- Talia to look like a real badass villain in that image with Roz. Like uh, she looks pretty mean, <laughs> and. Um, so like after they get fitted, I guess she's going to a bachelorette party, whereas he's going to uh, I don't know what he was trying to do. Was he patrolling or just going uh, he, to an arcade? No, he he broke into to the arcade to right. play that game. Uh, yeah, the, uh, what was the game. Uh, uh, cheese Viking. Cheese <laughs> Viking. <laughs> and so what happens here? There's like some hallucinogen in the air where he sees this figure that's supposed to be Roz. Yeah, so. Yeah, the, this character shows up that is uh, starts telling him that you know you can see that Damien's hallucinating, and uh, this this character tells him that we're really farther in the future than than you think we are. You know, convince almost convinces him that uh, you know he's not uh, he's not Robin anymore. You know, it's years later in his life, and he's he's currently Batman. Yeah, and introduces himself as the real son of Bruce Wayne and he's also the son of Selina. So he's the child that Bruce and Selina have yeah. after that. And then he figures out that uh, that this is all just a, a trick and that uh, it can only be Roz at the heart of it. Yeah. And then what he puts together, you know, immediately after that is that the way he was dosed with the hallucinogen was when he was being fitted for for his clothing for the wedding is that tailor that pricked him with the needle while he was sewing it was someone from the league mm. that was there to, uh, to inject him with the hallucinogen. Mm. Yeah. What a prick. But, uh, the, that whole confrontation is sort of, uh, just kind of the setup for, what the heart of the issue is is sort of establishing Damien and Selena getting this understanding between them. Because after Damien leaves, he goes, you know, he's back at the house waiting for Selena when she finally comes home in the middle of the night. And, uh, yeah, they, they come to an understanding that you know, Damien sort of puts away uh, the disrespect that he's had for her all along because he's been dead set against Batman being with her because he's just kept saying that she's just, she's a villain. Whoa, why are why are you going to be with this villain? Yeah. So he starts asking her questions like if if they're going to have uh, if they're going to have a kid or anything. <laughs> so she tells him, you know, well, I don't think I need to have this conversation with you, but really, your father and I haven't talked about that either. 
Yeah. But she goes on to explain that uh, she doesn't think she should be raising a child. You know, she cites a lot of her past and, you know, what she knows she isn't going to be stopping herself from doing anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, and doesn't think that she could raise a child to be any better than she is and uh, you know, raise someone who would be able to handle her baggage on top of their own. Yeah. And then that uh, most people wouldn't be strong enough to do it and says that, you know, that most people aren't as strong as you are. Mm. And she doesn't think she'd ever be lucky enough to have another Damien Lane. Yeah. I like what she says about uh, that um, she doesn't have he doesn't have to call her mom but to promise that they'll have each other's backs you know, yeah. they made that deal because yeah, yeah, uh, it's a, a, a great line to end it with they're kind of the black sheep with you know dark pasts in uh, the Wayne household so um, that was pretty cool that, it, it even made me I, mean, I have a love-hate relationship with Damien but it kind of made me like him a little more thinking about how he could relate to Selena, so that's kind of cool in a way, you know. I like the the dark, more anti-hero edge to people, you know. That's maybe that's why I like Jason Todd too, and like not so much the Nightwings and Tim Drakes, you know, like different personalities. But uh, but then the um, the what do you call it? The uh, the epilogue's pretty interesting, isn't it? It's when um, I oh, guess yeah, it was uh, yeah. so it was pretty much like a League member, a League of Assassins, but he had his eyes eyes gouged out or whatever and Roz was uh you know looking over him you know and the guy was explaining how the you know the per- the person who did this damage to him with irreversible blindness um he was just um he he asked what kind of person does this all all of this over a wedding question mark and then um you know Roz pretty much looks you know, then they show a shot of Roz in a room with pretty much like 20 League of Assassin members on, you know, killed, and then ha 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 spray painted all over the wall. So I was like, damn, <laughs> fucking Joker, dude. Like, just. Yes, yeah. He really wants to go to that yeah, so, wedding, too. <laughs> yeah, the, the one that he, uh, that was left alive is sitting there blinded. And yeah. Yeah, he says, what kind of person does all this over a wedding? And before answering, Roz just says, I'm sorry, a sightless assassin is of little use to me, and snaps his neck. And then after killing him, he says, but to to your query, young man, I believe I have some idea when Mm. he's facing the wall with the ha-ha on it. Yeah, that's that's fucking brutal. Pretty clear, but yeah, that is a room full of assassins that have their own swords and spears impaling them damn that's crazy that's pretty badass man that's badass because i don't i don't remember a time when there was a conflict between Roz and joker like this so that's uh yeah that's pretty good shit i'm excited about uh this whole you know this whole um this whole run of books like these verses books leading up to the wedding i think uh uh, it almost feels like a yeah, like kind of like a War of Jokes and Riddles Part Two, doesn't it? Like that kind of theme, this side versus that side kind of a thing he has going on. Uh, it's gonna make a nice trade, boy. Yeah. So, uh, what else you guys got on the grill? Anything? Uh... Well, issue one 
issue one of the Bendis Man of Steel. Oh yeah. Uh, man, oh shit. That's right. I, I caught that. I caught that stuff out there. I liked it. I dug it. I thought it was good. I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, it's interesting. So it follows uh, the story that Bendis had in Action Comics 1000 that introduced uh, the character who claimed to have been the one who uh, destroyed Krypton. Uh, so this follows that up. We see when that... Uh, so it's it sort of flashes back to before the destruction of Krypton, and we see basically that guy pitching to whoever he serves, uh, trying to get permission to, uh, to lead the, uh, to lead an assault on Krypton to stop them. So, uh, this is, uh, the first full issue from Bendis and Ivan Reis does, uh, the art, but we're also, uh, gifted two pages at the end from Jason Fabic. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. And then you also kind of get a little story of, um, I, okay, so what was awesome is you see Batman villains in this uh, issue with uh, Firefly and uh, who's the other one? Killer Moth. That's right, Firefly and Killer Moth. And um, Firefly is attempting to extort Killer Moth by saying, what was he asking for? Is he for money? For, what is he, where's the stuff, man? Where's the money, man? Yeah, I, I think they had been doing jobs together and uh, I think Moth wasn't... Uh didn't get his cut yeah so he comes into the apartment of uh is it firefly or killer moth who's whose apartment is it firefly Uh, it's uh firefly's apartment so firefly has been hiding out in metropolis because he thinks that it's the smartest place to be because no one would think that uh since metropolis is so free of crime that he would be there so then uh killer moth comes in and he's like where's my stuff man where's the stuff and then he freaks out and he goes He's trained himself to listen to things like that. And then before they even figure out what's going on, Superman comes in and fucking takes both of them. And uh, he's flying around. And that's when it, that's when he explains, like, what are you doing here? What are you doing in Metropolis? And it's like, it's better to be here than in Gotham where we're easily picked out. Um, there's a cool panel or a cool page where it shows Superman just kind of like floating up in the sky between buildings like listening into all the voices and whispers of like, you know, and he's just like trying to like filter everything out to hear like what's going on. And he's explaining how the people scream for many reasons and you can't really hone in on one thing. Um, it kind of, rem- isn't there, isn't there a page like that from, uh, is it Superman for tomorrow where he's like kind of like hovering above Metropolis and he's got his eyes closed and he's just trying to listen in to like what's going on around him in the city. But I remember seeing a very similar page or panel, and I was like, oh, that sounds like an obvious nod, or it looks like an obvious nod to that. So, um, so I know that a lot of writers, you know, with new projects like to do that sometimes. They like to, like, throw nods at their favorite stories of whatever they're currently writing. So maybe a little... Uh... My favorite part... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, my favorite part of that, of that scene where he's talking about listening uh, and trying to... Uh, pinpoint where that one scream is coming from is how we got distracted listening to the girl singing a song to her friend. Oh. And, he came... and uh, like it, it was the most beautiful thing he had ever heard. Yeah. It was probably the trunkler actually singing. <laughs> Dad, uh, I, think, <laughs> I think 
I, I was I was figuring that he had just mistaken it for a girl's voice, but he was actually hearing uh, six nine uh, recorded oh, new track. Oh boy! Little Tay. But yeah, there's a new there's a another time when he's like putting out a fire, and he has this interaction with this new like chief deputy firewoman, who's totally hitting on him, and she's like super hot. Yeah. And then Bendis made a point to make it look like she's super hot and she's drawn super hot. And then uh, Soups is just kind of having a conversation with her, and he's like, "Yeah, there's been a lot of arsons. I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence. Why don't you follow up your theory with Lois Lane and Clark Kent at the Daily Planet?" And he starts to fly away. And then we don't see or hear what she says, but she obviously said or heard something as he's flying away. And then she goes, "Oh, super hearing, stupid, stupid," and like Superman like turns back. So. She's probably um, saying some naughty stuff about Superman right there in that moment. Shit. But, uh, but yeah, and then uh, the very end, you want to talk about that, Robin? Yes, yeah, so uh, we see Superman uh, rescue uh, you know, people from a burning building, you know, doing the, the usual stuff, and then uh, he's inspecting it when he meets that girl, yada yada. So afterwards... Uh, we get some more of the backstory of the the guy that destroyed Krypton, and uh, after that, yeah, just might as well skip all that part. That wasn't even what you were talking about. Hmm. But uh, yeah, basically, uh, Clark is back at home with uh, with John, and Lois is on the phone uh, talking about a story, and then we don't we don't know what some shit is going down. Uh, all we get in the last page is blinding white light, papers flying, uh, flying all through the page. So something has shown up, and they don't know what it is. So uh, is this this could be anything of this? This could be is this going to be Doctor Manhattan? Is yeah. this more like Doomsday Clock tie-in stuff? Is we don't know. We don't know what this is going to be. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I was like, what is this shit now? He already fought that dude in the action comics, right? That dude from the beginning of the issue? Uh, yeah, he and uh, uh, Supergirl were yeah. getting smashed by him. So is that like a flash forward? Yeah, I think that was just a, sort of a, a glimpse at, uh, at what was coming in this. Okay, so it might be that guy then. But it sounds like they recognize him. It's like, what is it? Oh, you know, that's kind of how they respond. Yeah, so, so, who knows what they're Yeah, that's why it's sort of ambiguous. Don't know what what they're seeing. But yeah, I mean, uh, it didn't make... I know there's people been like, Bendis on Superman! No! But, uh, I dug it. Oh, shit. Dug it on, boy. Yeah, yeah I, I'm excited for anything uh, Bendis works on over at DC because he's been over at Marvel for such a long time and I'm sure that over the years he's taken looks at DC characters and thought you know, you know what I would do with Superman mm -hmm. you know what I would do with Batman you know if, if I had the chance you know, Clark, I, Clark Morales Bruce Morales <laughs> yeah. um, oh shit Ben's, Ben's in the house well uh not bad. Anything else on the grill? Uh, we have the next batch of the DC uh, 
uh, Looney Tunes books are out this week. <laughs> When's that Catwoman come out? People are going nuts over it. Which ones are out? This, this week we have... Do we not uh, get any? No, yeah, we got them. I don't see them. Are they in a different folder? Uh, they might oh. get cut off because you're not seeing have, the whole title. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't all fit on there, but uh, sorry, it's not uh, the Looney Tunes. It's uh, the DC Hanna-Barbera. Oh, okay, that's why. So we have uh, Flash, uh, Speed Buggy, yeah. uh, Super Sons, uh, what was it called? Uh, Aquaman Jabberjaw, Super Sons Dino Mutt, and Blue Falcon, huh. uh, which I didn't finish it yet, but I, I started reading the Super Sons one. And it is actually a jump into the future. We see older versions of Damien and John. Mm. But they're, they're still Superboy and, and Robin. But uh, they're just uh, a few years older. They look uh, a little more grown up than we're used to. Oh, shit. What sort of jibble-jabble? I think yeah. Joey Diaz needs his own ongoing comic. Joey Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Or, or just uh, doing doing audio books of comics. He can just read the books to you. <laughs> hey, you imagine him reading all the speech bubbles and giving commentary on on what he's seeing. <laughs> oh shit! I don't know what he is. Any news this week? Um, ben, ben Ben Affleck rumor mill that he he wants to stay on for Batman. It's just a rumor. Not but but then real. again, but then again, there's never been confirmation that he said that he wanted to leave. It just you yeah. know, all it was was like, oh, so is this like a five six picture deal? And then he was like, whoa, 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 I don't know about that. So it just you know, he was he wasn't saying that he wasn't going to come back. He just didn't know how many more he'd do. Uh, we had the new um, Shazam, Shazam image. And I don't know if that's a fake Aquaman image or not that they released. There's, it's an edit. So like, I, you could see from the Zach Levi. So it's not even an official picture that they picked, took of Zach Levi, but he took a picture in front of this big uh, like post, this big like um, marquee that's in Vegas right now because of the um, I forget what they call them, the upfronts. I think that's what it's called, where everyone comes out yeah. and you talk about what's coming out. And uh, he took a picture of himself in front of his little um, ad. And then some people did a really great job of just taking that image or other ones, the picture of a picture, basically, and editing them to make it look legit and to edit their own posters, which looked really good. And uh, But then, obviously, people noticed that there was something on the left, which looked like a gauntlet. And they zoomed in and they edited it and looked at it. And it's actually a picture of um, some of the... Uh, armor that Aquaman was wearing on the set of Aquaman that was taken like months ago and then people went back and they edited pictures of that picture to make it look like a first look but I mean it just looks like it's gonna be it looks like underwater armor it looks like he was wearing like surface armor for Mm. Justice League and this looks like underwater battle armor that he's wearing in this one which looks Mm. pretty badass oh shit he already leaked like he leaked at Comic Con he leaked the fact that the movie was going to be about like a power struggle between him and Ocean Master. Huh. So. And you got uh, you got Black Manta in that, right? Black Manta's in it. Ocean Master. Mara. Mara. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's gonna be pretty good. We got uh, Deadpool. 
Infinity War, and what's the other Marvel Solo. Movie? Solo, but Disney. Disney is just eating up the box office right now. <laughs> Taking everybody's money. Well, Jesus. I haven't been out to any of them yet, so they haven't yeah. had my money yet, but I'll see them eventually. I'm going to see Deadpool uh, on our holiday Monday. So. Don't worry, Legend, Legends, Legends will see it one time for everyone in the Bat Force. Don't worry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, shit. What, right. what was for dinner tonight? Uh, delicious uh, barbecue, uh, back, backyard barbecue burgers and hot dogs. Oh, shit. Made sure not to put any ketchup on that dog. <laughs> shit. Not a psycho. Nope. <laughs> what, we, uh, Robin, you got you to ask us something? I hope for a day <laughs> that this question will just have an answer. <laughs> uh, it's... This goes beyond questions like, why are we here, (laughs) the chicken or the egg, (laughs) why is water wet, why is the sky blue, where the fuck is the trunk cleaner? (laughs) (laughs) One day we'll find him. Alright, that's pretty much (laughs) it, yeah? Whoop, whoop, yeah, boy. Bad force over and out, boy. Yeah. Yeah.